Praise the Lord. May God bless you and welcome to The Word Restores. This broadcast is sponsored by Restoration to Eternity with Christ Ministries and supporters like you. Our aim is to share with you what the Word of God is telling us about how we should live as victorious Christians. Listen, there's kingdom work to be done, but how can we do it if we are unprepared? We invite you to join us over the next hour. It is our prayer that you will be richly blessed as we pray with you, as we praise with you, and discuss topics of interest with our special guests. Let's get into today's broadcast. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God bless you. God bless you. Hallelujah. How awesome is our God. How great is our God. How great he is. You know, let's, uh, let us start this broadcast um, on prayer, in prayer. Amen. This is Dr. Jewel of The Word Restores. And uh, listen. He is an awesome God. And Father God, in the name of Jesus, we come to you even now. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness, your mercy, and your grace. We thank you, Lord, for being the one who has brought us to this point for such a time as this. Feed us, Lord. Let us get to know more and more about the kingdom, Lord. Not just about the kingdom, but about the king of kings. Hallelujah. Yes. About how we should act in the kingdom, Lord. Yes, Lord. What we should do in the kingdom, Lord. Lord, give us your revelation of your holy word in the name of Jesus. Open up our ears, Lord, that we may hear loud and clear with no obstructions, with no hindrances, and give me to hear you loud and clear that I may speak your word, that your people, Lord, may be edified in the name of Jesus. It's kingdom business, and we keep on saying that there's kingdom work to be done, so we need to know how to do it, Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us. We bless you. We bless you, Lord, and we praise your name in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Oh, praise the Lord. You know, this uh, this here is the second episode in our series on the kingdom of God. So in the first episode, we learned from 1 Corinthians 4 and 20, um, we saw that the kingdom uh, of God is in power. It's, just, it's, it's not just a matter of, of talk, of flapping our gums. It's, so when we define the kingdom, we looked at words such as rule and dominion, empire. We touched on words such as force and miracle, abundance, might, strength, which equated to power. The kingdom is truly power. We are reminded that Jesus revealed the secret of the kingdom only to a chosen few. Amen. And you know, he talked to he talked to his few about about this mustard seed and, and I and I have to ask, how could this tiny mustard seed grow into this great tall shrub? Amen. When he taught them from Mark four, thirty to thirty two. And how can we e- even equate this to the mystery of the kingdom? There are so many questions because there's so much to learn about the kingdom. And then we looked at the characteristics of the king, which were 
grace and might and majesty, equity and righteousness and anointing. We touched on the servants who are put to work for the kingdom and in the kingdom. Amen. And we touched on the outsiders, those who are not in the kingdom. And we also asked the question, are you willing to serve the king? Amen. So listen, I pray that we care enough about kingdom business to say yes to the king and not waver. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So now in part two, we're going to turn our attention specifically to the king. We, we touched on it last um, in our last episode. You know, we used broad, uh, broad strokes to talk about the kingdom. But now we are drilling down to just the king in this particular broadcast. And, of course, we are talking about Jesus Christ, the anointed one of God. Amen. And I want us to start with our key scripture as we hear what the word of God is telling us about this king, about this anointed one of God. And I want to read in 1 Timothy, my key scripture would be 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 17. And it reads, Now unto the king, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Oh, praise the Lord. And, you know, I want us to also put this in context because I pulled out that one verse, that one verse that touches on on the king. Amen. And no one else can even speak about any other king this way. So putting it in context I'm going to read from 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15 to 17. And that key scripture was verse 17. Amen. So um, in 1 Timothy chapter 1, we read, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation, acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. This is the Apostle Paul uh, speaking to Timothy and, of course, to us today. Then he says in verse 16, How be it for this cause I obtain mercy that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering, that he's going to show that he can suffer long for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. And, and the Apostle Paul was so excited about the fact that, you know, um, he, he didn't feel himself um, worthy to be called by Christ, and yet he was he obtained, he said, I obtained mercy, and, and I saw how, how long-suffering God was. And then he breaks out into what we call a doxology, and that's, that's like a hymn, giving glory and praise to God. And he says, Now unto the King, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever Amen. He just breaks out into this, this, this song. But just listen to some terms that Paul used in this First Timothy 
doxology, the spontaneous praise that he had to describe Jesus and to praise him. He says, eternal, now unto the king. First, he says, the king, amen, because remember, we're looking at the kingdom of God, and right now we're looking at the king, Jesus Christ, the anointed one of God. And he says he's eternal, he's without end, and of course, without end, and he's without what? beginning. Amen. Eternal. None of us can say that. He is immortal. He is undecaying. He is incorruptible. He is indestructible. He is immortal. Now think back and see whether you can equate these terms to anyone other than God. Hallelujah. God the Father or God the Son. You can't. We can't. Amen. Invisible. He's not capable of being seen, and yet we can see him. Amen. We had seen him, and not you and me, but we had seen him when he was on this earth. And after this, he allows himself to be seen in different ways. Amen. And yet, He's not capable, oh, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, of being seen. He's invisible. He's here, but, but we, have to, we have to know that we know that we know that he is here. So he says, now unto the king, eternal, immortal, invisible. And he says, the only wise God, because you know there are other things that call themselves gods, amen, hallelujah. But he is the only wise God, the one with the wisdom, because he is wisdom. And then he says, unto him be honor. Let's ascribe honor to him. Hallelujah. To esteem him, to think highly of him. Let's ascribe glory to him, to the praise and the worship and the dignity. Oh, and he says, forever and ever, amen. Oh, praise the Lord. This king is the king of kings. There is not one other king who can say that he is eternal, immortal. So why should we not worship him, my brothers and sisters? Why should we not treat him with the respect and the dignity and the honor due to him, due to his name, Jesus the Christ, the anointed one, due to his position as the king of all kings, the great king over all the earth, and his place in our lives, as our Lord and our Savior. Oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, watch this. Here's what the psalmist sings in Psalm 47, verses 1 and 2. And he says, Clap your hands, all you nations. Shout to God with cries of joy. For the Lord Most High is awesome the great king over all the earth. And that's what we've been talking about, that he's a great king. He's, he's the king of kings, amen, the anointed one. And he is the king in the kingdom of God. Oh, hallelujah. The Lord most high. Yeah, he's the Lord most high. And he's great. He's great over all the earth, not around the earth, not kind of some, somehow around. He is over all the earth. Amen. 
Oh, praise the Lord. So let's stop here for a minute. And I know it's a little early in the broadcast, but I do believe that this is a good place to break for a minute and minister in song in the presence of a king by Donald Lawrence. Hallelujah. presence of a king hallelujah in the presence of the king of kings you know it just makes me smile i just i'm I'm just smiling just thinking about what it would be like to be in the presence of the king oh hallelujah oh my lord what joy unspeakable yes so that's why we want to we want to really drill down about this kingdom amen yeah we want to get excited about the kingdom we want to know that we know that we know that this is where we want to be being in the presence of the king in his kingdom oh praise the lord so what we were doing uh just uh, before we broke for uh, ministry and song, um, what we were looking at is turning our attention to the king in this kingdom, who is Jesus Christ. Amen. And as we read, we read um, Paul's Paul's version, you know, his his account of the king and, and the words that he used to describe Jesus as the king. You know, when he talked about being immortal and invisible and eternal, my Lord, and giving him the honor and, and ascribing to him wisdom. So, so Paul, I mean, even as, as he spoke, you could feel the excitement. Hallelujah. You could feel the excitement that's in him when he talks about the king. So now we're going we're gonna to follow in this vein for a little while. And we're going to look now at Luke's account of 
an angelic encounter with Mary concerning the same eternal king. Amen. And we're going to Luke chapter 1, and we will read from verses 30 to 33, and I'm going to read from the New International Version. And it reads, But the angel said to her, this is Mary, of course, Do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. You know, very often we, when we read, um, we read these uh, these these verses here. We focus more on uh, on Mary, but look at just look at the way Jesus is described. That he will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord will give him the throne of his father David. His father David. Let's, we'll have to go back to the Old Testament to check this out. Amen? Because what he's talking about is the throne, hallelujah, in the kingdom of God. And what he's saying is he's going to reign over the house of Jacob, listen, forever. His kingdom will what? Never end. This is a Jesus that we're talking about. So let's put his throne, the throne of David, in context. And as I said, we really need to go back to Old Testament prophecy in First um, Chronicles 17 concerning God's promise to King David. And remember, King David was what? A man after God's own heart heart. Amen. So we're going to read from First Chronicles chapter 17, and we're going to read verses 11 to 14, and we'll break out some of the terminology that we're going to uh, encounter here. And we read, and it shall come to pass when thy days be expired, this is the Lord speaking to David, that thou must go to be with thy fathers, that I will raise up thy seed after thee, which shall be of thy sons, and I will establish his kingdom. And that's Solomon's kingdom, because Solomon followed David. Amen. He succeeded him. He shall build me a house. So we're talking, putting it in context. David wanted to build a house, and the Lord says, uh-uh, you got too much blood on your hands, but I'm going to get your son to build me the house. And, and listen to what he says. He says, and I will establish his throne forever. Amen? I will establish his throne forever. That's a promise that God made. He says, I will be his father, and he shall be my son, and I will not take my mercy away from him, as I took from him that was before thee, that was King Saul, who came before David. He says, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be merciful uh, to him. Amen. But I will settle him in my house and in my kingdom, watch these words again, forever. 
and his throne shall be established forevermore. So in verse 12 of 1 Chronicles 17, we read that, that God says to David that his son is going to build him a house, and he says, I will establish his throne forever. And again in verse 14, she, he, and God says to David, I will settle him in my house and in my kingdom forever, and his throne shall be established forever. My Lord, I want to break some of these things out. Um, I, I want, maybe I'll start this way. We have to remember that David's son, Solomon, actually, he died. So when we say that he established his throne forever, we have to ask ourselves this question, how could it be? Amen? Because it wasn't that Solomon lived on. But God's throne lives on forever. That the succession of kings, both good and evil, they all died. But God's throne lived on forever, and it lives on forever. And Jesus, watch it now, Jesus, who lives forever, is now on the throne. That's established forever. Jesus will not be dethroned. No human can sit on the throne forever but God. But God. Because in our human, in our frailty, we, we have a beginning and we have an end. So we cannot talk about that God is going to give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of, of Jacob forever unless it is Jesus. Amen? Yeah. From everlasting to everlasting. Amen. Forever until eternity. His throne will never end. There will be absolutely no end. You know, I'm, and as I go back to Luke chapter 1, I, I can't help but think about what comfort it was for Mary then knowing that this line of David is continuing and continuing, but it's continuing forever, not because of humans who sit, who will be sitting on the throne of David as God promised that the throne will be forever, but he has one who is from everlasting to everlasting, who is sitting on this throne, and he will always be on the throne. And that's our King of Kings in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. This is Luke's account of this angelic encounter with Mary. Amen. Concerning the eternal King who is Jesus. Oh, my brothers and sisters, I hope you're getting something out of this, and I hope you're getting excited about it, because this is the king that we serve. This is the king that we serve. So listen, listen, as I'm going ahead, I want to touch on even the wise men from the east. They came to honor the king of kings. They knew him as the king of the Jews the king of God's chosen people. 
And in Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 2, we read, So when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. So they came from the east of Jerusalem to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. Him, the what? The king of the Jews, the king of God's chosen people. Can you start seeing the link? Amen. Even before his birth, his kingship was declared and made known far and wide. These wise men, they came to worship the king. Isn't wisdom an awesome thing? These wise men knew that it was a significant enough event to follow his star. Oh, praise the Lord. They knew that there was something about this star. Whether they were reading in, in, from uh, the astronomy books or whatever they were doing, something had to have been prophesied that they knew that this star was different. Hallelujah. And they knew that they had to follow it. And I pray that you and I, my brothers and sisters, have the same wisdom to follow his star wherever he leads us. Wherever Jesus leads us, I pray, my brothers and sisters, that we don't shrink back, that we don't think, oh, no, this is not it. This is not where I want to be. This is not what I want to do. Amen. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, to, to give to you from the word of God the awesomeness of the kingdom of God. And by that, the awesomeness of the king who is the king of kings. And I'm going to keep on going because I don't want time to run out on us. Oh, my God, as we are talking about Jesus Christ, the one who was anointed of God as the king, the king eternal, the king immortal. Listen to the words that we use for him. Amen. Yeah, we're not talking about Jesus, my road dog. We're not talking about things like that. We're giving him the reverence and the honor and the glory and the praise. Hallelujah. So the wise men, they came. And I've got, I've got here a, a bit of a watch out for the but. But here's the contradiction of this king. And I'm going to go to Matthew chapter 21, verse 5. And Matthew is declaring a prophecy from Zechariah about this coming king. And that's in Zechariah 9 and 9. And Matthew, in chapter 21, he says, verse 5, Tell the daughter of Zion, look, your king is coming to you humble and mounted on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. And this is from the New Revised Standard Version, Matthew 21 and 5. But why do we call this the contradiction? Because, you see, to the wise men, 
This king has, had his own star. This king was significant enough that he needed to be followed, that he needed to follow the star to find him. But to Zechariah and to Matthew, instead of the royalty and the majesty, instead of considering him perhaps even uh, riding in on a fine horse, here he is prophesied in humility. And as you and I know the account, he was born in a lowly manger. Amen. And yet, as we have just seen, the wise men came to worship him with gold, with frankincense and myrrh. These, these are gifts fit for a king. Hallelujah. But one thing that I, I, I want us to always remember that no matter who he came as, Jesus is still recognized as the king. He is still recognized and to be recognized as the king of kings. Oh, hallelujah. And, but I want to touch on, uh, in the word, there are some who will refuse to give him his reverence as the king of kings. And we're going to touch on it very briefly, but we're going to look at Psalm 2. And in Psalm 2, we'll read, and I'm, I'm going to try to read just a few verses, maybe verses 1 to 4, and then skip to verse 10, if I may. But it starts with, um, Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. Verse 3, He that sitteth in the heaven shall laugh, the Lord shall have them in derision. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. I'm going to jump to verse 6 and then 10. Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. Verse 10. Oh, wait a minute. Now they be wise. Now therefore, O ye kings, be instructed, ye judges of the earth. Verse 10, serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Mm. Kiss the son, lest he be angry and you perish from the way when his wrath is kindled. But a little, oh, praise the Lord. Oh, praise the Lord. See, even though the expectation was that a king must be honored and highly esteemed, Jesus came to this earth in meekness, and as he rode triumphantly into Jerusalem days before his crucifixion, he, even then he maintained that meekness. He was a different kind of king. Amen. And yet, what we are reading here, he's saying to um, to the daughter of Zion, you know, um, your king, we have to claim him as a king. We must claim him as our king. But I want to touch on this Psalm 2 again, because, see, even as, as, as we read, the heathen are raging, and what, they, what are they doing? 
it's, listen to this, it says, the kings of the earth. Oh, my Lord, they set themselves. So they're stacking themselves against the king of kings. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we're talking about the earthly kingdom and our heavenly kingdom. Amen. Yeah, that's the difference that we're dealing with here. So the kings of the earth, they're putting themselves together and they think that they can, you know, but hey, listen, if we all get together, we can come up against this king, uh, come up against God, come up against his anointed one. Remember Jesus Christ, the anointed one of God. Amen. And they want to smash up everything. They want to, you know, you and me, they want to bring us, bring us into their kingdom and keep us in their kingdom. Oh, my Lord, my Lord. They want to keep us there. You know, they feel as though if we, if they keep us bound, then we will not be able to even open our eyes to see that there is a God in heaven and that he is the king Jesus is our King of Kings. They don't want us to see this. They they are um, they're blinding the eyes of them that believe not. That's that's as the Scripture says. You know that's what they're trying to do. They they're trying hard to keep our feet firmly here on earth, so that we would not even look to the hills from whence cometh our help. They're trying to do so many things. They just they just want to keep us away from God. They're raging. Yeah, they are raging. But look, Psalm 2 verse 3 said, He that sits in the heavens, he has established his position. His position is not here on earth. We deal with a heavenly king. Oh, praise the Lord. Yeah, and God is in the heavens. He says, he that sitteth in the heavens with his position, he's going to laugh. Yeah, as far as the Lord is concerned, he will see how futile their efforts are. And you know, my brothers and sisters, how futile their efforts are because you and I have, have, have been able to break through. The Lord has come. He's touched us. He's pulled us out. That's how awesome our God is. When we were going down the path of unrighteousness, this righteous God, this righteous King, he came and he took us. He plucked us out of the fire and he brought us close to him, cleaned us up, turned us around. And as this, as, a, as the song said, he set our feet on solid ground. Amen. Oh, yes, yes, yes. God's going to make sure that those who are his will not get away from him. Oh, praise the Lord. And he says, listen, yet I set my king. I put my king on my holy hill, Zion. Come on now, don't play, don't play. I put my king there. God is saying, God, the father is saying, I put my king, God, the son, on Zion. And he says, look, you better be wise. What did the wise men do? We just talked about the three wise men. Amen. They came to worship. They followed his star. They knew that there was something about him. They followed the star so that it would lead to the king of the Jews, the king of God's chosen people. He says, be wise. Now, therefore, O you kings, be instructed. Start learning, you who are judges on this earth. And what is he instructing them? He says, serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Give him his due. 
Because even the kings, who those who are in leadership, those who feel that they are on top of the world, those who are the ones who are raging against this king of kings, my Lord, they'd better rejoice. And he says, we're trembling. Even those kings, they will serve him because he is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. Amen. In verse 11, we, we read, kiss the son, give the son the reverence that's due unto him. Lest he be angry, don't make my God angry, and you perish from the way when his wrath is kindled but a little, just a little. You see, listen, this is not, he was not even speaking here of the final judgment when he pours out all, oh, hallelujah, his wrath. He just said, when just a little, when his wrath is kindled, just a little, amen. I don't think that you even want just a little of God's wrath. Yeah, my Lord, my Lord. I, all I want to say now before we, we move on to, um, to ministry and music, all I want to say now is God am playing. Amen. The king is to be reverenced. The king is to be served. In the name of Jesus, he's the King of Kings. Hillsong Worship.
praise him, praise him, praise forever to the King of Kings. Yeah. So, so far, you know, we are talking, we're still on our kingdom series, and this is episode two on the King, Jesus Christ, the anointed one of God. And up to this point in this broadcast, we've heard about um Uh, Paul's view uh, of the king when he broke into his doxology, his his praise. We we heard, um, we read from the Psalms. Um, We heard about how the wise men, they followed the star of of Jesus. Um, I'll call it the star of Jesus. We heard from Luke. Um, about the angelic visitation for um, to Mary, it, we even got the warning about the kings of this earth. Amen. Those who despise actually and and they raged and, and railed against um against Jesus, and yet and yet he is still strong. He's still majesty. Remember, we said that the kingdom was in power. It wasn't just talk. So he will still continue to be the king of kings, no matter who says what and when and where and why. He still is the king of kings and uh, he ain't playing. Amen. The last thing we said was he is not playing. So we're walking through the word of God about to hear about this king. So let's hear what God the Father says about our king. Amen. Hallelujah. And we see it in Hebrews chapter 1. And I'm going to read verse 8. And it reads, But unto the Son he said, the S-O-N, he said, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. That, that you know, I don't want to call it the rod, but the sign of, of his, his authority. Um, it's of righteousness. Amen. <coughs> Excuse me. So it's interesting that God the Father says to God the Son, and he says, Thy throne, O God. He calls him, O God, is forever and ever. O praise the Lord. And now, even according to the psalmist in Psalm 93 and 3, he calls us all to praise the Lord, the great King. Amen. Why? For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. Hallelujah. I want to put in context um, the the scripture that I just read, that one verse that I read from Hebrews 1 and 8, about what God the Father said about our King. So putting it in context, we read, um, I'm going to read verses 1 to 4 and then verse 8. Um, God who at sundry times and in diverse manners spoken times past unto the fathers by the prophets, he hath in these days spoken unto us by his Son, whom, watch it now, he had appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power when he had made which when he had by himself purged our sins he sat down on the right hand 
of majesty on high, being made so much better than the angels as he had by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than even the angels. And then he says, but unto his son he said, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. He went on about the angels, but the bottom line was he turned to his son and he said, Thy throne is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Who is the he? It's God the Father. Amen. Even God the Father acknowledged God the Son, not just as king, but as God. Amen. And I also read from the Psalm 93 and 3, because the psalmist even acknowledges his greatness, and so must you and so must I. Amen. Because even the psalmist, he calls us to praise the Lord, the great king. Psalm 95 and 3, for the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now I want to go to, so we've talked about, you know, we've talked about so many views of the king of kings. Um, But now what I want to do is to talk about, let us hear what Jesus Christ himself, the anointed one, the king of kings, what does he have to say for himself. What is Jesus's testimony, amen, about being the anointed one of God? Oh, praise the Lord. John chapter 18 and 36, and I'm going to read from today's New International Version. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, My servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. God bless you, Sister Sheila. Thank you. God bless you. Yeah, they would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. You see, this was in response to Pilate's question. Are you the king of the Jews? This was before his crucifixion. What better way? than for the king himself to testify of himself. And if we know the truth, my brothers and sisters, if you and I know the truth, we also must testify of him as our king. Jesus, he knew his purpose, and he was not ashamed to declare it. Amen. Oh, he was not ashamed to declare it. Praise the Lord. I just want to touch on it on John um, chapter 10. And it may be a little long, so I might have to uh, cut it short. But it would st- it, we start in um, verse 22. And I hope that we can, we can get, get the gist of what Jesus is saying here. And it reads, at, at that time, the festival of the dedication took place in Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple in the portico of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I have told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name testify to me. But you do not believe, because you do not belong to my sheep. 
My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. Hallelujah. I give them eternal life. And here's a side note. I'm going to stop right there for a minute. John, 10, That's John 10 and 27. And he says, I give my sheep eternal life. How can you then give eternal life except you are from eternity and you are from and to eternity? Amen. That's the only way that you can give eternal life. And then he says, and they will never perish. What? Never? How can you guarantee that something or someone will never perish except that you too are immortal and imperishable? Which, is, which comes back to Paul's doxology that we read earlier in the broadcast when he, you know, he just he just broke out in praise about this great and awesome king. And he was the king immortal and, you know, he was immortal and imperishable. This is the king we're talking about. That is the key scripture that was from 1 Timothy 1 and 17. No one will snatch them out of my hand. And Jesus then says, what my father has given me is greater than all else. And no one can snatch it out of the father's hand. The father and I are one. So as is God the father, so is God the son. Amen. Oh, praise the Lord. So we have to understand that what we have just read here is, is the, the testimony of Jesus, of himself, of himself, from his kingdom, his kingdom that's not of this world. And that's why we could go back and, and, and in Psalm, I believe it was Psalm 2, when we read, why do the heathen rage and the kings of the earth are trying to, you know, they're con- trying to conspire against this king of kings. Yeah, because these are the kings of this world. Amen. These are the kings that we used to follow, but now we have the king of kings and he's the one that we are following. Oh, praise the Lord. So we just heard from Jesus about himself. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. I want to keep on going because I I believe I have a couple more um, viewpoints as we come together to understand about this king of kings. Amen. So I wanted to look at a couple of prophecies now concerning this king. Um, we touched a little on Zechariah 9 and 9, yes, earlier. Now I want us to go to uh, Daniel chapter 7. And I'm going to skip a little bit and read th- verses 13 to 14 and then verse 27. And it reads, I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. And there was given him dominion and glory, and a kingdom that, listen, all people, nations, and languages should serve him. All. They didn't say some. They said all people should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not 
pass away. That's what we've been talking about. And his kingdom, that which shall not be destroyed, imperishable, we use the word, amen. And the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people, what? Yeah, shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. What? It sure doesn't look like that today, that all kingdoms will serve us serving and obeying our king of kings. Oh, it doesn't look like it, but I'll tell you it is so. Amen. And we say it is so now, even though we don't see it, because when we do see it, we will all we'll have to do is confirm. Yeah, we knew it all along because the word said it. Yes. Hallelujah. I want to read that piece again. And the kingdom and the dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High. You know what we are? We are the servants in his kingdom, oh, praise the Lord, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. And all dominions will serve and obey him. Oh, praise the Lord. You know, it, as, as Daniel touched on the ancient of days, it's called the venerable one of time. Remember, I want us to remember also that we, we heard that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. Amen. Oh, yeah, all. Even those who worship other kings right now, they've got to come to the realization that they must serve our king. They must serve the king of kings. And what is serve? Serving is, is ministering. Serving is worshiping. Amen. Hallelujah. And, and we're told that his dominion is an everlasting dominion. His empire, if you want to call it that way, his empire is forever. It is truly forever. It is not going to pass away. It's not going to be destroyed. You can't touch him. You, you know, when people start messing around with you, just think about the kingdom. Just think about the king of kings and understand that they can't mess with you. It may look like they are. You know that sound? It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by him. I'm surrounded by God. Hallelujah. And he's watching over me and he's protecting me. Yeah. And you notice it says he will give the reign, the empire, the majesty, the kingdom to the saints, to his holy ones. Even those who have dominion, the rule will still bow down and obey the King of Kings. Jesus Christ, our Messiah, our anointed one is the King of Kings. I hope that by the time we got to the end of this broadcast, you fully understand. Amen. Hallelujah. Whether we accept it now whether they accept it now, whether you accept it now, or whether we accept it later, whether they accept it later or you accept it later, we will all accept it and we will serve and we will obey him. Choose you this day. That's the bottom line for you 
and for me. Choose this day. As in Joshua 24 and 15. If you are unwilling to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you're going to serve. Whether it's the gods of your ancestors or the gods of your past, amen, that you served way back then or even yesterday, whether it's those gods or whether it is even the ones that you, you, you just this minute served. But as for me, and listen, you need to be able to say it with all your heart. But as for me and my household and my family, as for me, we will serve. Oh, hallelujah. We will serve the Lord. We will serve the King of Kings. We will serve the Lord of Lords. We will do it. As for me and my house. And I'm going to ask you, as for you and your house, whom will you serve? There, there are a lot of kings and kingdoms out there in the world. And not only are they there, they're trying to pull you and draw you to them. You see, because you're seeing with your natural eyes and you're hearing with your natural ears, amen? And as you begin to see and hear and feel and touch, you find that, oh, you're being drawn to these things because you're in this natural world. But understand that we are dealing with an awesome and a mighty God. Understand we are dealing with the King of Kings. We are dealing with the Lord of Lords. We are dealing with an everlasting kingdom. This kingdom is going to go away. This kingdom of this world is perishable. So you choose this day. Is it going to be the kingdom of this world, amen, where it may feel good for a while. That's, oh, hallelujah, that's the issue that we're dealing with, that it might feel so good for a while, and after a while it grows on you, and then you decide, well, you know, I might as well. Or are you going to begin to understand what the kingdom of God is like? Are you going to understand what the king of kings is requiring of you and how majestic he is, how immortal he is, how imperishable he is? I am telling you, my brothers and sisters, it is time for us to choose this day. It is time for us to say, even though I don't see I know that I know that I know that this, hallelujah, is the right path for me. And once you have done that, you keep walking, walking in the victory that God has given to you. Oh, Lord Jesus, all I can say is I praise you, Lord. I give you the honor, the glory, and the praise. Oh, hallelujah, and the praise. Because as we sign off, I say to you, 
The King of kings and the Lord of lords is your God. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank our supporters amen. for sponsoring this broadcast and pray that you too will be moved to become a sponsor. Let us reach out to continue to spread the good news of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ through the airwaves. To contact us, simply log on to our website, thewordrestores.org, or through Facebook, Anne-Marie Jewel. Or call, send us a text to area code 313-466-0349. I'm your host, Elder Anne-Marie Jewel, a fellow servant in Christ. Until next time, may God bless and keep you. And may the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Amen.